Hello and welcome to episode 227 of Three Bears and Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. A, a very bearded Colin, a man yeah. looking um, ready for one ready for my, for my one, my one day stint a year. You do <laughs> have a definite close look about you right now, so it's very, it's, um, it's definitely for the season. Um, I'd be like the worst, I'd be like a schemer so I'd go to your house and take your toys. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I would not want you to do I want you nowhere near my chimney, so... Um, <laughs> We are on the clock tonight because you have people coming over, so we'll try and be as yeah, possible with everything. The, um, the obviously, we're all, we're all about to lock back down again, so we're going to be probably doing this mm. for the longest time again, a dead, yeah. you know, before we have yeah. to get a chance to do it pub and, like, you know, with each other properly. Mm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing it via Zoom for the next foreseeable future. For the rest of our lives, it feels like, dude. It does uh, feel like it, yeah. starting to feel yeah. like this is what things are now. This is, this is normal now, which yeah. is... Um, Horrible. Yeah, cold is, right yeah, more renewals than Firefly, which is most upsetting. Um, <laughs> what are you? What are you drinking tonight? Yay! I'm drinking um, a, a Peruvian lager called uh, Cascena. Um, I used to drink this like, a lot because it's one of my favourite ever beers, um, and then it just stopped being on the shelves. You couldn't get it anywhere, um, so I tracked it down to some really fancy wine merchants in London. Ooh. and ordered the case. Um, so it's called Cascana. It's described as a Peruvian golden lager, or, nice. or uh, the golden Inca uh, oh. as well. And it's brewed using Peruvian techniques. Um, it's, it's lovely. It's like, um, if you can imagine, I know you'll get what I mean because I always go about it, but if you can imagine taking the best parts of Seoul and the best parts of Corona, like Mexican, do you know what I mean? Hell. Taking the best Mexican beer you can. And and th- th- this is this is it. It's just so drinkable. It's like just got a lovely wee sweetness to it. It's not too heavy. It's just it's beautiful, and it looks that it's the most amazing car. car I have had it before. Well, it be beautiful beer. Beautiful the beer. Hall in Glasgow used to sell it quite a bit, so I used to have it in there. Yeah, but it's a nightmare to you. Just can't get it now unless you go online. It just yeah. you can't find it at all. Um, so your your communist forebears would be most angry at you. You know, importing Peruvian beer from London wine merchants. They'd be, they'd be ashamed of you. <laughs> do, do you know what? Sometimes a man's got to down his tools. <laughs> Sometimes you have to like the finer things in life have to be enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm dead chuffed with having this. I've right. this is only the second one I've had since I've bought it as well. So I'm like, you know, I'm very. Protective against drinking it as well, but I don't kind of want to drink it. I think that's that sounds like you're versed in my little creatures. When I get that in, I'm very protective of how much I drink yeah, it. I, don't, I want to make yeah. it last for as long as possible. Exactly. So, yeah. what, how to, I was going to send you a few bottles, and I was like, nah, he's like, he's not yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I don't so I didn't. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I'll, I'll find it myself. <laughs> what are you drinking? I've got one called Duvel 666. Oh, I do like the, that. That's going to be strong. What's the percentage on this bastard? It's, I think it is a quite. I think it's got a fair kick to it. Um, yeah, I think it is. I think it's like six point six. Yeah, six point six. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably the weakest beer the they'll do because yeah, possibly. Their standard ones like eight point seven or something. Yeah, they're Duvel, which they're, they're nuts, man. Crazy Belgians. They seem to be able to tolerate insane amounts it of strong. Tastes beers. like a very strong blue moon. That's what it tastes like. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing with the veil is the alcohol, it cuts through. You taste, ah, you can actually yeah. taste it. You're, you're not really tasting any sort of fruitiness at all, you're basically just tasting the alcohol really kicking you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have one in the fridge for it's like a 7.5 or 8 percent one that I got, so Oof. I'm going to keep that for when I'm seeing in laws over Christmas. That, that by way to sort of like soften the absolutely. Cup of paracetamol down, take the edge off be, everything, you know, will be fine, <laughs> absolutely. But I like the valve well done. That's uh, that nice. Beer, so yeah. I, 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 off my cap to you with that one. Thank you. Um, very bold on a Monday night as well. Um, what have you watched at home of interest? Um, only if I've been working late all this week, so I've been a bit of a, a bit of a, a dick for TV. And the only thing I've really watched that I could say, wait, get any conviction is Hawkeye, the episode Enough. five. Um, that's pretty much been it. Um, I've just not had time, but um, Hawkeye episode five was um, an outstanding episode, possibly yes. the standout episode in the, 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 the whole. Season. It's hard to judge to be honest because I think they've all been excellent. Um, yeah. They've all given me something that I want from it. So, um, but I enjoyed the banter between um, the girls' night bit between Haley and yeah, Florence. Yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah. lovely. Yeah, um, they work well together. I think they're going to be a kind of strong feature in the up and coming MC. Yes, I think that. they are yeah. definitely setting it up that they're going to be sort of like the next sort of like not the main point of it, but they're definitely going to be something that can be a, a major 
you know, focal point of. Yeah, um, partners in some venture. Uh, the same way they're trying, they've been trying for the last few um, to, to set up like sort of um, Doctor Strange, which we'll get to later on, as a sort of like Iron Man replacement um, in the, the MCU. They sort of try to use, yeah. him, you know, he's a, a man with powers with a, with a goatee, so you can yeah. change them. So they try to use him sort of as like, sort of like, kind of the linchpin, the way Iron Man was a linchpin of the the MCU. I know Nick Fury was in more, but the, 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 it was Tony Stark and it was like Downey Jr. versus Tony Stark was sort of a specific linchpin of that series. So, mm, and yeah. strength came from that. So I feel they're going to try and use Doctor Strange in the same way. I um, thought they were going to go with Wong for that, but mm, interesting, man. Yeah, it, it, it does seem like they're setting up um, Doctor Strange yeah. to me. Because yeah. he's, he's a bigger actor, bigger name. Yeah, makes sense. You know? yeah, so, you know, they, they, can, they can revolve and build stuff around him, especially the way the direction are going. Um, yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. That, I'm really, all I've seen is that they've got a lot to do with this finale, which I'm looking, it's going to be fast, I think, and just, you know, here you go, here you go, here you go. But I think they'll leave a lot for further down the line. They'll, 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 leave, they'll take some pieces off the board, they'll probably put some more on the board. I think some of the bigger things we think might be bigger, I don't think they make as quite a big an impact as we think. I think mm. they'll be sort of just, they're going to reintroducing some things. I think they'll play, they'll play bigger either in other shows or other movies later on down the yeah. line. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. And um, what have you been watching? You've been watching lots of stuff. I actually haven't. The only thing I've really watched of note that was interesting was I watched um, a lot of old movies coming into my Christmas viewing, as we always do every year. But I also watched a documentary called Freak Scene, which was is the um, sort of the, the, the biopic behind the scenes story of Dinosaur Jr. You heard of that band? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> you, you, you look at me like you don't know who they are. Um, um, dude, grunge is like my jam. They're like the granddaddies of grunge. Yeah, so it's all about yeah. so it's all about them and the history of them, and nice. um, you know, kind of like a very odd band because like he's obviously a genius, but he's like sort of just a really introverted, like sort of. No, I don't, I don't want to say a weirdo, Jay Marcusy, but he is sort of like he's very, he's very much an introvert and sort of yeah. you know, he doesn't really seem to enjoy what he does, but he does it very well. Yeah, you yeah, know, they're, 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 Good about to do his voice. I'm not a huge fan of his voice. I must say. It's weird how their albums, like their albums, sound great because I think they've got actually a bit more poppy sound than the albums a little bit almost. But see when you see them play live, they are fucking loud. Like they, they just go for it. Um, our French Stu, he saw them live a few years ago playing at like a festival. Said it's the loudest band I've ever heard play for three guys on a stage. It was insanely loud, like absolutely. See, like, I've loud. always got mad respect for that. Like two or three musicians that just make a fucking shitload yeah. of noise. It always, always yeah. impresses me. It's pro- especially, proper noise, especially two kind of bands like Royal Blood and stuff like that, where you've got yeah. two guys and they're just fucking. You're like that. It's just it's, it's an art in its own. You know what I mean? it is, to make yeah. that much but, noise, but you know we. we with it older to kind of full band set up and stuff like that. Right. It's, good. it's a nice documentary, like I said. I, I'm I, I'm a fan of Dinosaur Jr. I like a lot of this, mm. I like a lot of their stuff. Um, weirdly, I came to them late because I'm actually a fan of a band that he produced. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, so it's kind of weird seeing like the band that I thought like sort of the band that I love. He's just sort of a producer on that. So I thought that was like like Dinosaur Jr. has sort of like side project, but in reality they're not the side project. They're the main project, and the uh, the band I like right. are the side project. Oh, Who's the band you like? Who uh, Buffalo Tom. Ah right, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what so they're like Buffalo Tom, sort of like they're the indie band. Yeah. Whereas Dinosaur Jr. are they're the they're the main event, you know. So it's kind of weird to see like you know um, to that. But no, not really I think it's on Netflix, it's on Amazon for like you get for like ninety nine rental. Uh, and cool. No, I think it. Dinosaur Jr. are definitely. I mean, they they, they were like kind of you know trendsetters for the whole grunge movement. They were they were. They were, they were, they were before Nirvana. They were before. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, a couple of bands um, around about the same time, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but by David, like, kind of, you know, they, they say that they're called the Grandfather Grunge for a reason. Yeah. 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 No, it's a good, it's good. I, think, I, think, I, do, I, I do know. I do know who they are. I'm always surprised you <laughs> know who they are. Um, but um, if you get a chance to watch it, like, it's a couple of quid on uh, Amazon. It's actually worth a wee, a wee look. It's, and it's a nice trip down memory lane. Some of like, the songs are good. You know, they're a good band. Yeah, yeah no, know. definitely. They, they, they know their craft well. And just say they make. Hell of a noise as well. I mean, Jill had her noise cancelling headphones in and she asked me to turn it down because it was like, it was so loud. She was like, it's that's obscenely loud. I'm like, it was. I mean, it was loud. Um, but no, well worth a wee watch. If you're into sort of punk and you're into sort of grunge, it's sort of definitely um, something there for it. Because he's in a heavy metal band as well. And I can't remember the name of them, but he does heavy metal music and he plays all the big kind of mad guitar riffs and stuff like that as well. So he has a, he has a consummate musician. Yeah, talented man. Yeah, he's rest, restless. You find that, but don't you, with these kind of immensely kind of talented people, they're, they're doing six different, they're juggling all kinds kind of, of, yeah, of, 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 of guys, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but they're playing Glasgow in a couple of months and um, I know they've got a gig the same night, so hopefully my gig gets moved and I can go and see Dinosaur Dinger play. Um, I'm thinking they might all get cancelled, sir, as well. Thinking possibly, that, yeah. possibly, yeah. So maybe the, time they re- maybe the time they reschedule it, they won't be on the same night as my other gig. Maybe that, that'll uh, work out better for me. Who's anyway, the other gig, just before we go? Less than Jake. Yeah, so I'd rather see Denzel Junior, but yeah, less so would I. But I've already got less than Jake tickets, and Denzel Junior is yeah. a fairly decent whack of money. So I don't, yeah. and I can't think. <laughs> no, everyone who I know would want my less than Jake ticket has already got a less than Jake ticket, so I can't. That's because there is only six of you. Less than Jake got a good crowd. Um, anyway, <laughs> away from my musical um, interests, um, we went to some of the films that are out this week. We'll start with one that's in the cinema, but it's really only in your art house cinemas, your, your classy cinemas, if you will. Um, mm. And that's a film called Lamb which is an Icelandic thriller um, directed by Vladimir Johansson. It says debut feature. Um, the plot of this one, it's, I'm going to tell you, Colin, it's a bizarre film. I'm going to try and convince you to go and see it. I think you will very much dig it. Yeah. Essentially, it's a, it's a couple living on like a, a sheep farm. They are, I think they've lost a child, but they can't have any more children. So they're, so they're, it's kind of dealing with that aspect that they want to have children, but they can't raise children. Anyway, one day in the barn, they find a lamb, but it's not a lamb. It's a lamb-human hybrid which they then raise as their own. And they have, it's sort of like the nature nurture idea of, is it a lamb? Is it a person? And they have to deal with, because on a sheep farm, is like, sort of no one's coming near them. So they don't really have to worry about, you know, the outside world questioning it until they have their brother, um, brother turns it back up again. And he right. starts to sort of like put some doubt in their mind as to what the hell they're doing, raising this, you know, ungodly, you know, <laughs> creature. Um and essentially, it's, it's sort of that the, the family dynamic, either you know, sort of continuing breaking down and sort of reforming, um, as they come to terms the idea they're raising this lamb as human. a baby. This is, is fuck, this is fucked up, man. This is fuck, this is exceptionally fuck, fucked fuck. up. Yes, it's definitely oh, right. enough. So, first question: hybrid lamb. Did someone pump a sheep? Well, see, it's kind of it's got a kind of Icelandic fairy tale aspect to it. So there's sort of like there's right, a right, okay. right. So there's there's a disturbance at the start in the sh- in the barn, and you don't know what it is, but it, it it seems to be some sort of like mythological creature has come into the barn, mm. and that's what's caused it. Had you know, its wicked way with a sheep, and then that's what's happened here. Yeah, so there's, there's there's definitely sort of, and you know, Iceland's a weird country. It's not a weird country. It's a country where myth and legend sort of. Pale and sort of like the, the, the sort of merge into reality. You know, they have stuff yeah. like fairies and they have like, you know, all that kind of stuff where they, they'll move roads and they'll not go through areas because they don't want to disturb the fairies. So there is sort of a real mm. kind of culture of the fairy tale being real in Iceland. So um, I know we're keeping this short, but sidetrack. Side yeah. So in Iceland, um, there's, um, you know, you know, we get like power pylons, the big giant uh-huh. pylons. In, in Iceland, they've, they've got them, but there's a part of Iceland where they've actually shaped them into big giants. Oh, so yeah. One is, is a big giant, which I think is fucking, I mean, it's, it's proper art. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh. it's really well done, but it's beautiful, man. So you've got like these 100, 150 foot tall structures shaped like fucking giants just yeah. dotted for miles and miles and miles along the landscape. It, it's brilliant idea it's, it's absolutely a, amazing yeah so Iceland is an interesting place um, yeah. in the film you've got Nomi Rapace 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 I'm going to say Rapace Rapace um, from obviously Prometheus and she was the original girl with dragon tattoo wasn't she in the mm-hmm. sort of yeah. Disney version of it mm-hmm. and you've also got a guy called Helmir Snap Goodnison and Bjorn Haraldson well done sir Thank I'm you. impressed um, been practicing <laughs> that um, so it's, it's a very tight cast only three actors in it plus you've got the lamb human it's, like a, it's sort of like puppet sometimes, CGI sometimes. It's sort of it's, it's a it's it's a very it's a kind of amalgamation of the of the two. Actually, very well done, which is actually mm. surprising. Um, I'm saying it's a human baby, a human sheep hybrid because it's not that's not hidden. That that's up front early on. It's not that's not a spoiler of the film. No, that's, it, that's, it's, that's, that's what it is. So the, the the big question I've got is, um, but it's it's very unique, obviously, um, and it's sort of like in that sort of fable fairy tale world, um, mm. and it kind of stands alone in that respect. You know, it's it's not anything I can really compare it to that would make it, you know, comparable. Yeah. You go like it's like this. It's very much its, its own like its own beast in many ways. Mm. Um, mm. All excellent performances from the three central characters who are in it, um, and like I said, the CGI and the. And the puppetry work is also very, very good as well. Um, the landscape, like you talk about the, the big pylons, you don't have that in it, mm. but the land, they use a landscape to great effect. So it's like mm. there's, a, there's a constant foreboding um, throughout the whole thing. As you, as you sense, like 
you do begin to care for the for the, the family unit. Like you don't want someone to fuck up. You feel like yes, it's unconventional, but it's like they all do seem to love each other. You know, but there's a genuine emotion there. That ah, you, you so you're kind of going, yeah. I don't want anything to fuck this up. Um, there's some really odd stuff in it, like a bit like sort of because they take the lamb baby away, but the lamb the lamb's mother, the actual sheep, wants it back. So the so the women's the the the, the adopted mothers they look at the window and this like sort of lamb this other sheep is just sort of looking at and staring at obviously wanting her baby back it's like it's it's nature versus nurture type thing you know it wants a child back and you get this whole, so you get this kind of psychological thing of like no more replaced versus the sheep because it's like it's, it's the sheep is you know the like sort of an aggressor because it's going to take her child away from her because that's what she's now raising as her own yeah. Um, did Nomi have? Did Nomi have any more to do? Did she write that anything? No, I think she was maybe producing, possibly. But she, right, she just, right. from what I heard, she, she got the script. She loved the script, and she wanted to be involved in it. And that's cool. pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, cool. Soundscape is excellent. You know, it sort of really gets under your skin. It's that kind of you hit this constant howling wind. It's because obviously mm. it's Iceland, so that's kind of yeah. much a constant. Um, yeah. And it's just a very unique experience. You know, you, the, the less you know about it, kind of, the better way ruin what the, the kind of the tone yeah. and stuff is and what actually happens in it. But it's definitely, it's, it's a really odd, weird watch. I think I can maybe compare it to something. It's not, you know, B-movie, you know, sort of Greasy Strangler. It's not that. It's not trying to like, yeah. freak you out or creep you out in any way. Mm-hmm. It has got more of like a mother vibe to it a little bit. Remember the film with um, Jennifer mm. Lawrence? You know, yeah, but, well, I always but, remember that. I'll never forget that fucking film. Yeah. But without being, without being, like, sort of, you know, that that, that went a bit kind of like sort of like no, psychological and strange. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not that, but it's got a kind of similar kind of almost vibe to it, where it's sort of it's just it's it's presenting as reality. It's not presenting as something as a non-reality. It's presenting as being real. Um, I keep thinking, um, the, the, the thing that popped into my head when you were describing it was Sweet Tooth, strangely. It's not it's similar. It's an similar yeah. idea in the terms of the animal thing, but it's not yeah. quite the same idea. But it's got it's got yeah. something similar to that. Um, mm. But yeah, it's 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 very Icelandic. It's very Scandinavian. That Scandinavian sort of very odd oddness to it, which I'm yeah. very much a fan of. Love, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you get a chance to find it. I think you definitely embrace it. And you think you really enjoy it. I think you are really. Where can I find it? Or is this the problem? Because it does. It's not in any of the big cinemas. No, GFT is where I think it was shown. Um, I think it'll probably be on like Amazon and that to rent probably quite soon as well. Right. Um, right. But definitely, if you get a chance to find it, it's it's definitely one to, to look out for. Um, I'm totally in. I'm completely intrigued. Um, I was reading about it the other day, and I was like, I need to see this film. Do you know what I mean? I, I, all in for it. I'm um, just I need to find it and then can I actually watch it? Out of Aye. ten, what would you give it? That's the eight out of ten. Wow, that's yeah. decent. Eight out of ten's good. That's yeah. a good score for a week. I think it'll be well scored at like two out of ten. Yeah, but I, but, I definitely got it. But I, I'd rather a movie done that it was divisive, like you yeah. know, by a margin other than you know sitting in the middle with kind of you know people playing it safe. I like movies that are you know you like Greasy Strangler. You fucking get it or you don't. There's no. <laughs> There's no halfway, and I think if you get it, you know, it's it, you, a certain kind of movie watcher gets yes. for that, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. I agree, I agree. Um, on from that, something else in the cinema as well, which um, I will talk very quickly about, but at great length and much, much love to, is West Side Story, <laughs> um, directed by Steven Spielberg. We're not going to go into what Steven Spielberg has directed because he's directed fucking everything. So he has never, never heard him. Never heard the man. He's an up and comer. <laughs> he's doing all right. You'll he, he, be remembered. <laughs> Um, so this is a it's, a it's a remake of the the 1950s film about the, the sharks versus the jets, essentially Romeo and Juliet set in, mm. in New York City during um, the sort of like when New York was trying to get sort of redevelop after like the sort of kind of aye, 50s yeah, and sort aye. of aye, that kind of era. Um, yeah. This is sort of partly more based on the original book or original story rather than based on the musical. There's a, like obviously there's musical is there, but it's sort of yeah. it's been back to sort of the original text to try and um, oh, okay. sort of a slightly different taking on it um, so have you seen have you seen the original I think I have I can't, I can't recall it entirely but I think I have seen the original yes cool cool okay yeah. good, cool. Um, so we get Ansel Elgort he plays the main guy in it um, you play Rachel Ziegler you, and they have ones there the Romeo and Juliet the ones the star cross lovers across divides um, between the Sharks and the Jets uh, Ariana DeBoss David Alvarez Rita Moreno who was in the original one she was um, Anita in the original yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, film yeah. And amazingly, Corey Stoll pops up in it. Who's having quite a year this year? Corey Stoll, he's in quite a few things this year. Who's Corey Stoll? Yellow Jacket from Ant Man. 
Oh, right, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. But he was in um, many scenes in New York as well this year. He's been yeah. he's, a, he's been not bad this year. Um, so I'm gonna be honest, not the biggest musical fan most of the time. I, I, I there's some musical I really do like, and some musical I'm not really a fan. Like I don't like Lemis, Lemis, for example. I'm not a fan of that. But I do like I do like stuff like say maybe like a Hamilton, things like that. La La Land, La La Land I can take as well. So there is Sunshine on Leaf I do love as well. Um, so there's there's certain ones I can really get into. This is genuinely my film of the year so far. It's absolutely fucking brilliant. It's genuinely, it's Spielberg has brought everything. He's wanted to do this film for the last like 50 years, essentially. And he has attacked it with the verve of a man who's been waiting all his life to do this movie. It looks absolutely, it's just, it's stunning. And it's so easy to go, it's well done because it's Spielberg. But you go, not everyone could do what he's doing with the camera. The way he moves the camera through the gym hall when it's like kind of like um, rowdy kind of, you know, face-off dance between the the two the mm. two sides, the Irish or the or the kind of white Americans, the, the natives yeah. and the the Puerto Ricans. When he's doing mm. that, it, like it, it's so well, it's so well done. You don't notice it, and I think that is the biggest compliment you can give it. It's it, it feels like it's so fluid that anyone you else don't who does... see the magic happening. Oh. That's yeah, that that's the thing, isn't it? That's yes. what makes it magic. You know, is yeah. you don't yeah yeah I get it, man. I get yeah. it. Yeah, like there's, it. There's, like there's, there's shots he does that. You go any other director who does that shot would be like sort of basing his whole career on it, but Spielberg throws mm. it out as a as just a shot in the film. You know, it's yeah. not even the major point in the movie. I mean, there's a, I bring it, there's a bit in Indiana Jones. I think Indiana Jones, Temple of, not Temple of Doom. What's the third one called? The Last Crusade. When Indy's walking around his house trying to get packed for the night, to pack mm. to go and find his dad. Yeah. And that's it's like a three or four minute single camera shot that you don't even notice it's a single camera shot, but it, that he pulls it off. And it's the stuff like that. And it's just like, it's, it's the constant, camera's in constant motion, constantly moving. Yeah. And it's just, it's so vibrant and it's just, it's just wonderful. Um, is it right? So, so what obviously we spoke about this briefly before, and obviously, the trailer's been really clever and it, it doesn't give you any hint at all of the music. The, the yeah. trailer's purely, you know, it's, it's a film, it's not oh, musical. Yeah. Is, is it a full on musical? There's like dance fighting and things like that in it, it's all it's got all that kind of stuff in it as well. Um, oh. you've got you get like. All the songs you know in it, like the, the I want to be in America. That song is just yeah, that is fucking Maria, that is like, stuff like that. that is amazing in it. Like Anita, who um, <laughs> I had the boss who plays Anita in it, she should win an Oscar for like supporting actress because she is just phenomenal in this film. She is absolutely amazing. Mm. Um Ansel Elgort is probably the one who does stand out a little bit. Is he's not the Broadway kid, he's maybe not the quite singing ability. He's he's holds up well, but compared to everybody else, it's like you're just a little bit under. And it's yeah. not bad, but they do make quite decent a decent pairing on, on screen. Rachel Ziegler is, is fantastic in the role of Maria. She nails everything she does. Um, it's just a film just so full of energy, and that's what is yeah. amazing to see. Um, some people think Spielberg's been a bit of a downer recently, you know, in terms of his like, quality. I don't think he has. He's been consistently very, very good for the past, you know, decade or so. You know, at least, you know, he's never really had a bad film out in the I last I think even his bad films are still a great excellent. You would um, call a bad film, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there is a sort of general feeling in sort of like maybe film Twitter world of like how long can Spielberg remain relevant, you know, at 75 years old and, you know, been doing this for so long. Until it, he dies, I think. I think, that seems like, yeah, I think as long as a man can still hold a camera, he is still a relevant, yeah. he, he should be a still a relevant force in cinema because the stuff in this film, that he's, there's great directors looking at the film of now, he's going, I don't know how he does that. Like, it's just, yeah. it looks amazing. It looks phenomenal. But, but that's why... He is possibly the most revered director of our generation. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? Because, as you say, he does these things, and when you're watching it, you're not aware that he's doing these things, but yeah. these are the things that are making you, oh. you know, they take your breath away and you go, wow, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then in retrospect, you're like, fuck, yeah, you know what I mean? That, that's why it's because he's done these choices. You know, he's, yeah. He knows how to take you on his journey, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's again. That, that's a challenge. I mean, as the director's getting his vision across to the point where uh-huh. you understand his vision perfectly, is that's a fucking massive talent as well. Yeah, someone in the Empire podcast described it as it's a. It felt like the way that George Miller attacked Mad Max Fury that he had a definitive vision in his head of what the film he's going to make, and like an absolute like bat out of hell, he made the film he wanted to make. Yeah, and he everything he'd done before was built towards this film. This is what this feels like as well. Like he has had this film in his brain since he's, you know, and he's you know, boy, the, yeah. a wee boy, you know, and he's yeah. wanted to make it. And you saw it in like Temple of Doom, you have the big music number in Temple of Doom. He wanted to yeah. do this kind of musical film in the in the past. So yeah. 
it's everything everything about he's, he's been building towards this and he wanted to do it and, and he does not leave a single ounce of sweat or blood like in his body doing it. He just absolutely drains himself to make just a, a phenomenal piece of like American art, essentially. You know, it's and it is it will be held up as a piece of just stunning cinema. Yeah, do you and, think and, this is is this going to be an Oscar? I Don't think they, it, I think you'd be surprised at how many Oscars are going to win because I think, it, think so. filmmakers will appreciate this film in a way you might not really. They might not I guess so there's the, the nod to the classic as well, which is yes. always pure that that will kind of get them as well. Yeah, um, you are such an ambling kid, aren't you? You, you probably are like. You, you Spielberg's a guy that he's a guy that made me fall in love with film. So it's like I, yeah. I, I'm a Spielberg fan, and I and I'll, I'll defend Spielberg on pretty much everything. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any need. He, there's no need to defend him because yeah. like, there is because people give Ready Player One so much shit. And I'm going that is a film that is a is a shit ton of fun, and that's it's, it's a pure labour of love. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's his love letter to us, you know, uh-huh. the, the, and the the people that aimed that get that and if you yeah. don't get it it's because that's not your pop culture yeah. it's not because it's a bad film it's just yeah. not your your film yeah you know and I, mean? I love but stuff nah, like I mean, he does like stuff like the post and he does stuff like um Armitage stuff like that yeah but despise it's phenomenal to watch yeah. and then he can and then obviously does something like Saving Private Ryan which is like you know it's quite probably the most definitive war movie of our generation it's like one of the most stunning pieces of like cinema like the opening 20 minutes of that film are like just harrowing and just still, I'll still sit and watch it every time, regardless of what I'm doing. If I see that, I'll sit and I'll watch just that opening 20 minutes, and then I'm like, oh, I can get on with my day. Uh-huh. But, um, no, the, the, the man is, he, he's, he's, you know, I suppose like him, Scorsese, Stone, and stuff like that, they, they're yeah. the masters. But um, no, Spielberg's definitely. I think he always stands alone in the sense that he makes films that are, that are palatable to every audience. Yeah, uh, Scorsese I, does have a sense like he can make he makes like amazing films. But I don't think he's like a kid. You can't sit the whole family down and watch uh, a Scorsese film. You, know, you yeah, can't, yeah. the whole family can't watch good films together. You know that's not going to happen. But yeah, ET is you know th- yeah. that's your family. You know that's yeah. your net right there that, that catches the family. Because um, yeah, tried to do it with Hugo, Express. but he tried he tried to make a family film with Hugo and maybe didn't quite mm-hmm. come off quite the same way. Maybe not quite as earnest as Spielberg can be. And that's thing Spielberg makes films that that he can make an adult film as well. Like he makes something like you know the Post or. I just buy the same by Ryan, which are definitely adult films, they're not for children. Yeah. But yeah. He, he also has an interview to make the film that the, like everyone from age eight to ninety can sit and watch and get the same feeling from it. Yeah, absolutely. No, so the, the man is a master, and I, I'm I'm totally agree with you. It's like people say if one of his films is bad, you hold it up next to any Anything. other great film and you're like, no, it's it's, it's not bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's maybe not like Golden Spielberg, but it, it's not not fucking bad, not at all. Not at all. Um I, I, no, I, I, I've got appreciation. I mean, not as much as you, but no, absolutely, I would defend him to the end of the earth. Yeah, he is. He is the greatest. He will. He to me is the greatest filmmaker of, like of all time. Like, and he untouched. Probably in the modern era, completely untouched. Is George your favourite Spielberg film? Yes. Yeah. My favourite film, so by default, favourite Spielberg. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. No. Yeah. Cool. Out of ten. Eh, uh, ten. Ten out of ten. Yeah, just ten out of ten. He's done it, man. He's he's went ten out of ten. You have to go and see it. You have to go and see it. I I proposed to Lorraine that we go because we're both working this week. But I proposed we maybe try and get away on Wednesday and have a wee post Christmas, uh, sorry pre Christmas um, viewing, and we thought that would be ideal. Um, so I will try and catch her. I do want to see. I like. I love the original. I'm not a massive, massive fan of musicals. There is a few that. I'll, I'll kind of, you know, say it away. And that was one that I seen when I was a wee boy and a yep. few times throughout my life and stuff. So I'm familiar with the source material. I know a lot of the songs and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Um, Definitely. And you've just made me even more excited. You've yeah. made me even more like, oh, yeah. it's quite is a long it, film, isn't it, as well? Long film just earns every inch of its tight run time. Yeah. You don't feel it drags. And that's, I would say, a big thing about it. I did not feel at any point I was sitting there going, like, this is taking a long time. You know, it felt, you, know you just want to, you want to wash over you more. Like yeah. every inch of the film, it just looks incredible. You know, it's it's um, it's his normal DP. It's not Vilma Zygmunt. Is it Vilma Zygmunt? Is he's directing DP just now? Is, he, is it the other one? I can't remember. He's got two checks who work for him, and I can't remember what one it was now. <laughs> um, but it, it looks amazing. It just it just looks fucking brilliant, and I, I really can't yeah. say any better than that. It looks absolutely phenomenal. Well, I guess it's Spielberg remaking one of Hollywood's most loved films. You know, what's What's going to go wrong? Do you know what I mean? I feel I like you could, but he's not making, he's not remaking the film. Mm. You know, he's putting his own. He's, it's it's still a Spielberg film. It's not like he's making, you know, just a random 
you know, remake. He's, he's not doing yeah. anything like that. It, has, it is genuinely, it's his movie. It, it's every yeah. Spielberg film. And he's adding a stamp of a, of a film to that. So I think that's important. It's, he's not just yeah. remaking um, a, a, a remaking a film. He's, he's doing more. Mm. He's, he's done remakes in the past. He's one of those remakes. Um, yeah. And brings his own, he brings his own angle to it. And this is definitely brings his own angle to it. So I think that's definitely an important part. I am excited, sir. I shall see this and report back to you with my findings. Yes, sure. if you if you slate this film back. Ten out of fucking hell, ten out of ten. I think it's only, I think it's only the second ten out of ten film I've got this year. So that, that tells what you was the other one? Uh, Mitchell's versus Machines. Nine out of ten, but yeah. You get my point. Um, ten out of ten, wow, we've actually left me a bit kind of... Fuck. I'm, yes. I'm flabbergasted. So, <laughs> <laughs> carry on. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> Last one I'll talk about myself very quickly is one called Encounter, which is available on Amazon Prime, directed by Michael Pierce, which is he done the film called Beast a few years ago, which I quite actually quite enjoy, quite a creepy kind of thriller set in Jersey. Um, the plot of this one is, is a, a virus brought to Earth by aliens, um, and Riz Ahmed and is trying to get his two sons across America there to escape the virus. He kidnapped them from his ex-wife and um, partner. He's trying to get the kids across the, the country to a safe zone. Um, so they can, so they can, you know, protect them from this virus that's in the air. Um, the wrinkle might be that maybe there's not a virus. Maybe it's all in Riz's oh, head. Shit. Yeah, uh, it's, it's one of those kind of ones. So, right. Um, so he's, he's stealing his kids, basically, or is he stealing his he, kids? Yes, yeah. Yes. Right. Okay, okay. That's quite good. That's a good yeah. spin, man. I good like spin. That. Yeah. Um, he, Riz Ahmed. He, he's Ahmed. You got Tavia Spencer. She's a social worker who's trying to sort of, um, you know. Get inside his head and try and find them. Um, you get mm. Adita Gedia and Lucian River Chohan. They're the two, the two young boys. And Rory Cochran uh, pops up as well. I, like, I just mentioned I like him, Power Records, and he's in it, and um, he's in this film as well. Um, for the, for two thirds of this film, it really works. It's a really taut, interesting character story of a guy who's got PTSD coming back from the war, and he's sort of he is hanging on by an absolute thread, you know, and, and he doesn't really know how to deal with the world as it is right now. Um, and he's trying to function for it, and he's got his two kids, and he's trying, he, he thinks he's doing the best for them, and you hope he's doing the best for them, but you, you, you are questioning it throughout, because you always feel a sense of worry. You don't yeah. think he'll hurt them intentionally, but you do feel a sense like he could be, you know, in some in way. danger, yeah. Yes, yeah. he put him in a cell of danger, because at one point, mm-hmm. he's like, driving the car away, closing his eyes to kind of scare the kids, but also you're going, don't drive a car, closing your eyes, that just seems dangerous and silly. Yeah, you know? don't, <laughs> like, don't, don't do it. Pretend um, you're doing it, you know, keep one eye open, maybe. Yeah, you know, don't, don't, don't do it. That's the A story, and it's insanely compelling, and I was really invested in that. The the B story that's sort of like him getting hunted by um, like Octavia Spencer and finding out what's going on, and so that just lost energy so quickly that I just didn't have any interest in it. And But it builds to the conclusion, which is a B story mainly is the conclusion of the film, yeah. and hmm. I kind of lost interest in, in that part of it, and in the final sort of maybe 20, 20 minutes of it, 25 minutes of it, it just it went a bit more generic and a bit kind of Dull to be honest, and they kind of read a bit, bit routine and kind of adult. Um, it is very much worth it for the, the Riz Ahmed and the, the kids' story of them. Yeah. Of, of I was going to say, it sounds like there's enough of a story there for just that to make a film. Do you know what I mean? The other it does, it sounds, does. Yeah, and I feel like the you could have done a film with him without the chase, and you'd be, you'd be forced to make up your own mind over what it was about. Whereas mm-hmm. when they bring in her into the story, that sort of basically makes it obvious. What the actual real event? What what's what's the truth? Mm. And I liked a bit more the yeah. ambiguous of it. But I thought would yeah. be more interesting. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Because you know, we both like films where you know you're left to your own conclusions, and you yeah. know you can kind of you know, but not stupid people. We can fill in the gaps and stuff. So yeah, it sounds like it would have been an interesting film, but they've added in this sci-fi element that was maybe. The sci-fi element works because that 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 makes sense. You know, someone who's like sort of scared of something they think exists, but it's maybe not, but. Mm. Um, yeah, they don't really explore that enough. It's just it's addition of this this B story that mm. just I think made it lose a lot of energy. Um, mm. But Riz Ahmed, you were about, you're saying you're a bit hesitant on him. Something you're not really sure if he's you know yeah, not a hundred percent yet. Yeah, yeah. 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 Seen him, seen him, seen good stuff. Not a few things seen him. I've been like, oh, not yeah, but not like him in this. Yeah. I enjoyed him cool. in this. I thought he was good in it. Um, and I, I, the film mostly enjoyed um, like. Final 20 minutes aside, which I thought was a bit not bad, just generic. Yeah. Didn't but, live up to the oh, yeah, no, it didn't live no, up no. to the promise of what it was loving. But a very solid seven out of ten. 
not a bad rating at all. So that's no. um, again something you've somebody said. Yeah, this film's on. I think you'd watch that. You would watch that. Yeah, hundred percent. You would go. You would go and watch it and check it out and see. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. There's definitely fun. there's definitely worse shit on. You get it, you get for Amazon Prime. You get it for free. There's a lot of worse shit on Amazon Prime just now. You could watch like, or in the cinema. You could pay for. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mm, yes. Um, yes. So. Uh-huh. On from that, we move on to the last cinematic release Ooh. of, or last cinematic, probably the last cinematic film we'll talk about this year. Um, yeah, the, big one, the, the big one. And that film is Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, Yay! Directed by John Watts, uh, who directed the first, well, not the first Spider-Man, the most recent incarnation of Spider-Man, The, the Homecoming and Far From Home. Um, mm. Also in a film with Kevin Bacon called Cop Car, which I really liked. Um, I was desperate to see that. I'm so, so desperate to watch Cop Car. I really want to. So I want to watch as well um, with Seth Rogen in it. Is it Servant Detectives called? It's, that's it's, a very different film. It's maybe dark, dark, dark. No, I know, but I'm just saying it's just made it probably made it a bit really yeah, Sorry, Cop right, Car's, Cop Car's a lot darker. Yeah, he's like a corrupt yeah. cop, right? Trying to use kids in Nicky's car. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, Spider-Man, like, we'll try and do this, we'll do this completely spoiler-free, because it feels unfair to ruin anything, okay? Crap? It's going to be tough, but we can do it. We can, we we, get, can, do, we can, we can talk off mic about the things yeah. that are more spoilerific, okay? Because it feels yes, unfair to, yes. to ruin it for anyone else. Oh, definitely. So the plot of this film is set very quickly after the, 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 the Far From Home ends. Spider-Man has been revealed to the world, um, and the world is sort of questioning who he is. You know, they're blaming him for a lot of bad stuff. So in order... Basically, yeah. to save his friends who are getting really getting absolutely thumped for you know for helping him, he yeah. goes to Doctor Strange to ask Doctor Strange to let the world forget about who Spider Man was or that he is Spider Man. Um, huh. While casting that spell, things get messed up because Peter is being Peter and he you know questions a few things and he pushes. Do that, do that, do that. Yeah, do this. Yeah. Um, this causes <laughs> basically a split in the multiverse where people who know who Peter Parker is Spider Man start coming into our world or, or this world, um, and, yeah. and from that you get. I'm not going to tell you how it, but from the trailer you see, basically the the the, the rogues gallery of, of baddies from the the last six Spider-Man films, and yeah. so all start popping up. You get Green Goblin, you get obviously Doc Ock, uh, Lizard, um, no, Sandman, and, and Electro, Electro. Yeah. pop up in as well. So, and it's been basically Spider-Man's got to try and put the genie back in the bottle and send these people back to where they came from. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. Yes, but it's not. Though, without spoilers, people will go and see this film, watch that trailer, thinking that's what this film is about. And it's not. There's not. It's very good. I, I was really glad. I was happy with it. I was like, this isn't the film I was going to no. watch that I thought I was going to see. And I was like, this is fucking good. It's better for the, it. There's a twist and a wrinkle in that, yeah. So anything you're talking yeah. about, Spider Man, you're in there playing uh, Mary Jane, or not, no, it's Michelle. Michelle, yeah. So, Michelle. Yep. Uh, Michelle um, Jones. Michelle Jones, that's what it is. You get Alfred Molina popping back up as Doc Hawk. You get Willem yep. Dafoe popping back up as Green Goblin. Yes. Uh, yeah. The always lovely, hottest Aunt May that can possibly be, Marissa Tomei, um, J.K. Simmons as well, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Jacob Bacalon playing Ned. You also get Thomas Hayden Church popping back up as well. Could I just say, you get Which, you get his voice mainly. He's voice. in it for a week. I like him. I, I do. I like Thomas Hayden Church as an actor. I've, I've yes, got a lot I of do as well. for him as an actor. Um, he doesn't get enough recognition for his body of work. Poor fellow. Like, since I talked a lot, what did you think of this one? Um, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. I've been I've been waiting for this all year. Um, you know, since, since that first trailer, it's been like right, fuck, here we go. You know, this is you know, and I think. At first, the fanboys were like, yes, we're going to get into the Spider-Verse, which we didn't. Um, there are shots very similar to Spider-Verse, though. Yeah, there is stuff in there, yeah, you know, but we didn't get spider which was fine, it's fine. Um, I, again, I mean, watching the trailer, I went in thinking, cool, this is what I'm going to get, and I came out thinking, I never got that, but I got something else instead. Um, so that was that was quite kind of interesting, um, that they kind of threw me up. A wee curveball. Mark, 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 the last one as well, one. you thought you were going to get uh, Mysterio and you didn't really get Mysterio, you got something yeah, else. Yeah, they're clever, they're good at giving yeah. you that. You know, the trailer, you know, kind of just, just sets you up, sets you up, and then you watch mm-hmm. the film, and you're like, that was not what, what, what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought all the cast were, were excellent. Um, people that are prize roles, people that are in current roles, all done amazing. Um, particular shout out to Mr. Defoe, who well, he, going back to the biggest Spider-Man, issue with this one. The biggest thing was with him, like the biggest fault of Spider-Man that he's in is to put him in a metal mask. Yeah, one of the most expressive actors going with the most expressive faces going to put him behind a mask is a bit of a hate crime. When you let yeah. him basically portray the Goblin with his own face, 
there's a lot more menace to and him. That's what I was going to say. So when you hark all the way back to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, um, there's a scene in it where Defoe is talking to himself in the mirror. Yes. And it's Defoe just doing a Jekyll and Hyde, you know, just oh. all facial features. And pretty much this is what he does, this movie. And he... There is such a clear divide between the two sides of that character. Do you know what I mean? Uh. There's no like, who is he? Do you know what I mean? It's like the fuck. He's that character. He just, he's just amazing. That the, the man's quite possibly the best actor of this generation. Maybe. Yeah, but I would disagree. I think he's. Yeah. I, I can't think. Of, I can't think of anything to disprove that. He does at times. He does a bit of a swing for the fence. He's something that goes a bit crazy. You know, a bit like kind of Gary Oldman does that as well. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Because sometimes go a little bit awry. Um, mm. But when he's, you know, on point, and you know, he brings, he makes so much earnestness and seriousness to something like this. Which same with yeah. Alvin Molina, Alvin Molina brings a lot more, a lot of pathos to that character. A lot. It does. It gives him a gravitas that uh-huh. is probably no one else could give him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and he probably doesn't deserve to have a guy with like eight arms and you know, and, <laughs> yeah. this, you know, and a guy who's like sort of you know gone mad because of a serum and stuff like that. You know, it doesn't make it seems yeah. like, it seems like you shouldn't have anything, but. Yeah. They bring a lot of they're a great actor bringing a lot of gravitas to something uh, that probably doesn't even, deserve it. Um, even even Jamie Foxx, I, I, I didn't mind him. And I'm, I'm kind of rare with Jamie Foxx, but, but when you look at his performance here compared to um, Spider Man 2, Amazing Spider Man 2, it was you know better. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Give it a comparison. Do you know what I mean? But I actually didn't mind Jamie Foxx either, which for me is unusual because. Um, very much so, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I, I I totally totally enjoyed it. I didn't think it laboured at all. I think it moved at a constant pace where you were always engaged and what's happening next. And when the surprises come, they they, they are what you, they're exactly what you expect them to be. You know I mean, there's nothing you know like fucking magical. They, they are you know you know what they're going to be. Yeah, and it delivers. But you know that's what, what I want. Do you know what I mean I'm looking for that. Mm. Um. When we were at a cinema, there was two key moments, three key moments, which I won't say what they were. Right. But there was like people clapping and cheering and stuff like that, which was beautiful because I've, I've not been in a movie for a long time where the crowd have actually kind of cheered and clapped. Yeah. So that was probably that, not that, that, probably. Possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that kind of really ramped up the, the the atmosphere of the film. Do you know what I mean? It's just having that that interaction for the audience as well. I think that always helps. Um, I don't know if that's what made it a better movie or not. Do you know what I mean? Just I think it can. Right I think no, I definitely think it can. Well. An audience reaction to a film definitely brings you sort of a more, you know, it's like watching a football game by yourself compared to watching a crowd of like-minded people. You get yeah. you get more enjoyment because of it. Yes, big, I, I, I agree difference. with that. Yes. Um, the, the only negative I've got about it um, is it, it didn't seem to be as funny as the other two. It was a bit darker and a bit more kind of earnest and serious than the mm. last two Spider-Man films. But I don't think it was a particularly bad thing. I, mean, I, I thought it. I think. Sorry, I, think it, I went on. Go. No, no. I think. Oh. It, I think it's a bit. Well, I'll, I'll be brief on it because I don't want you know shitting your Kool-Aid too much of it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a really enjoyable addition to the MCU. There's lots of nostalgia, mm. which is really odd for a film that's sort of a, a franchise that's only like ten years old. There is a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. But, then, but then, first Spider-Man was like twenty years ago now, so there is a sense of nostalgia yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I thought Holland and Zendaya play a lovely. Peter Parker and MJ. I thought I really enjoyed them together. They they work, yeah. yeah. um, I was a bit sad to see that Zendaya and uh, Ned, or Jacob Backlund, they they got a bit basically written out for the second act. They're not really there. Um, And the first act of the film, it it felt very erratic. You know, it it sort of bounced around a little bit too much. I wasn't really sure what tone it was settling on and where it was going with it. uh, The the script was terrible. It wasn't... On paper, it's not a good script. No, it's not. It's scrappy, yeah, but... It's the emotional just, beats, no, the emotional beats, the actors selling it and it works and it, it does well. Yeah. But I thought the first, the first maybe 40 minutes, because it gave a, a thing about like Happy and um, uh, Aunt May, like the, the kind of breakup with them, that felt kind of really, you know, just kind of tacked on and sort of just, yeah, it just felt, it felt very schizophrenic, the opening of it. Yeah. Um, I really no, I totally agree. I think I would in probably superficially, like when I'm going to see a Marvel movie, the first thing I want to be is wild by, yeah. I want to see fucking Cap holding yeah. me all there and stuff. That, that's what I want. Do you know what I mean, I want the imagery. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what it delivers. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Does all that perfectly. And um, the story to me, I know I shouldn't be so shallow, but the story to me is always like, you know, that that's why I'm tolerant of things like Dark World, oh. um, Ant Man and Wasp and shit like that because you know, like, 
on paper the story's pish, but yeah. you know it's, it's those images it gives me that, that just it's eye candy for me. The I'm thing. the same. Like I'm almost the same, but I've just watched it from a slightly more you know critical viewing, yeah. not just being completely yeah. love with them. Um, the the Far from Home ends so greatly with that you know that you know Peter Parker as Spider Man moment, right? Yeah. They pretty much dismiss that of of being important within the first ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's even even before yeah. he goes, even before he gets a spell cast, there's there's yeah. there's, there's no danger for him as a person. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, they, they basically, you know, he's not going to go to jail. He's not going to go to prison or anything like that. So it, it's that. basically about you know, this is no fair, my friends. Do you know what I mean? Fix Which up. is nice. Um, I like I exactly like what that, it is. That's yeah. point. Like, it shows again, Peter Parker, Spider Man is, is a selfless being. He wants to help everyone. Yeah. He doesn't want to see anybody who helps him in any way sort of become. You know, infringed by that. And that's that. That's that. Very much speaks to the, the Spider-Man heart. So the better attic opening. The middle does get a little bit stodgy when they're sort of there's, you know, kind of like the like video game element when he's got to kind of capture all the hero, all the other guys. Yeah. Very stodgy. Yeah. A bit stodgy at that point. But it's, it's fine in them. It's cool. It's nice to see the characters back in it. We love the third act delivers, and I think that's what you come out with at the end of it. The third act delivers yeah. such a big bad way. They, there's a lot of forgiveness given for absolutely the final first two, and I would say the same about a lot of Marvel films. Like I would even say the same about like something like Endgame. Endgame yeah, absolutely, is stodgy as hell for the first hour and a half. It's, it's almost boring for the first. It hour is boring for the first hour and a half. Yeah, but that last hour and a half, you forget what you've sat through. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because you're just like. As I said before, Cap's got me all do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and the fucking Falcons back, and you're just like, my God, you know, uh, you're so you're, wow, overwhelmed by it all. You, if you can, you can, you can be weaker in, the, in your beginning, but as long as you finish strong, then I'm going to come out with a good feeling. And I come out with a good feeling. I enjoyed it. Yeah, about it was absolutely. Fun. Big um, smiles all the way. It's a, it's a fine trilogy. It's, um, it's arguably probably the better of the three trilogies so far, or better, because it's, it's like probably Ooh. averaging out. Yeah, but I would probably say Spider Man. Spider Man Two is probably still the best live action Spider Man. Yeah. Oh, no, no, nothing touches dude, yeah. that. That train for that train scene alone, nothing yeah. touches that. Nothing that's that that still the best for me. One. That that's up there. That and Blade Nightclub scene. That's my yeah. two Marvel. You cannot touch him. Nothing um, will ever touch but him. Spider Man into the multiverse is still, or you know, that one is still my favorite. Yeah. You know, that's still, still the best. Um, off camera, I'll, I'll tell you why. But there was one performance that I thought was like just blew me away completely fucking blew my mind and I was like wow Um, and it was such a nice surprise I'll tell you why off camera because we can't Um, can't have spoilers no no, spoilers spoilers. and if if you have seen it and someone else hasn't don't Don't spoil it yeah Yeah. because you know it's it's not that film don't don't do it fan us command your silence all that yes this is and I, I tottered on giving it a, a, a nine, um, and then I scaled it back to an eight and a half. Fair enough. Um, a few bits to the CGI jarred me. Um, Agreed. One, yes. or, one or two wee bits, um, and I'm not entirely convinced by Doctor Strange. Um, I don't. I don't like his cockiness. I know he's cocky, but he seems a bit of a dick just now. Do you know what I mean? Like a cocky. I think that's part of what Doctor Strange I, is. Though, but yes, I get your point. Uh, I don't know, he was always quite kind of reserved in the other ones. He was cocky, but you know, he wouldn't hmm. be reckless in the other ones. Whereas with us, he's just I don't I don't know, maybe I'm just being a dick and pernickety, do you know what I mean? Possibly. Yes. But I was I'm not entirely comfortable with I still think what he did at the moment. in terms of casting that spell does seem like a character for that spider for that character. Absolutely, yeah. D- despite you know, you see in the trailers, you know what I mean? Don't fucking cast that spell, Jim. Yeah. You get some warning, gives you a wee wink and all that, and you're yeah. like, No, no, talk straight. He's all the yeah. fucking smartest man in the world, you know. Don't yeah. be a dick, don't be a dick. It felt out of character still for me, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A wee bit, but eight, eight, eight and a half out of ten, I would give it. Um, purely for nostalgia and just yeah. eye candy, yeah. What would you give it, sir? Uh, seven, seven out of ten. Cool, a thoroughly enjoyable yeah. cinema experience, enjoyed it in the movies. Yeah. It's worth seeing the big screen, obviously. It felt like popcorn cinema, which is all I'm looking uh, for from that kind of film. It did, that, and that's... I'm probably scratching too much of the stuff to try and get beyond that. Like you said, the script is not great. The it's, you know, dialogue's not yeah. good. And a lot of stuff doesn't make sense within the multiverse. You know, even even a multiverse, some of this stuff doesn't really make sense. But what you're off mic about. Um, yeah. Overall, no, I enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's a fun way to spend a Friday night. Definitely. Two and a half, and, and you know what? It didn't feel like two and a half hours. No. I don't think it laboured. It earns its runtime mostly. There's stodginess yeah. in the middle of it, yes, but it mostly earns its runtime, I would say. Yeah. So overall, average out of eight out of ten. We'll, we'll go, go with that, yes. That seems fair. That, that works for me. Um, um, so 
Yeah, oh, well, to be continued in a wee minute off camera yes. for a few minutes. Um, yes. We're not going to do one next week because it's Christmas week. Um, so Yay. the next time we talk will probably be um, our um, review of the year, which will be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to getting your top 10 list. Um, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> not. Um, you if you are like to go see something at the cinema next week, we have got a few things out. There's Matrix Resurrections is out, which I'm going to go and see mm. Wednesday, which I'm intrigued about, if not a bit not worried about, it, but sort of like see if you put a film up, see if they're putting it in, out in, like within a week of Marvel. I'm kind of thinking they want to dump this film. That makes me feel like they don't really have much faith in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on Amazon, there's Wrath of Man with the Stadium doing Stadium. Which I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm quite intrigued by this because I, I I don't like Guy Ritchie but I like yeah, Jason Statham and I think Guy Ritchie gets the best out of Jason Statham sadly yes, so yeah. it's good I'm kind of like yeah I'm kind of in but for Statham not for Ritchie yeah, yeah. Um, if, if you have VOD um, I got it on Amazon there's a film called Silent Night which is worth a watch I watched it all night there it's all about the world is going to end so the government gets everyone's suicide pills so that's the only friends and family get together for one last big Christmas like sort of get together um, and they start you know questioning their you know humanity and their you know sort of their lives and um, before they take well, the pills it's that it's bleak. sounds grim I was it's, going to say it sounds grim it's, it's quite it's darkly quite comic because you have that kind of gallows humour in it you've got like Keira Knightley and people like that in it so it's got, it's got a really good cast in it um, yeah. it's, it's definitely not a happy watch I would say it's definitely got a lot of grimness to it I would say uh, um, it sounds like it and also in the cinemas, I think it might be in the big cinemas, but I think definitely in this, this, the um, your GFTs and your art house cinemas is a film called Titan, which I'm really looking forward to. And, and it's probably the last film I want to watch before I start to decide my top 10 list. And it's from the woman who done the film Raw. Remember the one last couple of years ago? The woman who the camp? Yes, yeah, yeah. Right, so mm. Titan's about a woman who falls, who gets very, very affectionate with a, with a car. She loves a car. Oh, I've read a review about this. Yeah, yes. um, no. it sounds a bit like kind of... Cronenbergish, like. very much so. Yeah, I think it's definitely that, yeah. in that world. Yeah, so I mean, what's that? So, think about that, it. absolutely. Yeah. It's like crash. Um, so yeah, so that's out. So if you get a chance to go to cinema, that all stuff's out. But well, not cinemas will be open. Who the fuck knows right now? It's very much up in the air right now as the, as the world yeah. start, as, as Britain starts to decide things. Shut, yeah, yeah, shut down. Who knows what can happen? Um, until then, where people find us, Colin. Uh, you can find us at all the usual haunts, number three beers in the movie. We're on Instagram, we're on Gmail, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on so, so many places. Um, so let us know, let us know what you think. Spider-Man, you know, no spoilers, but let us know. Did you enjoy it? As Wes is really a 10 out of 10, as Richard on the nose with us. The man yeah. knows his stuff, you know, give him, give him some kudos and some backup for this. I've been calling, you've been Richard, and we've been Booyah! Booyah. Three beers in a movie.